Welcome to With You in the NICU, a podcast for infant patients' parents and practitioners. Each episode aims to last as long as a pumping session for mom, or you could listen to several while you practice skin-to-skin with baby. With You in the NICU is produced by the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation. This episode is made possible by presenting sponsor Medela with support from AbbVie and Prolacta. Your host for With You in the NICU is Jenna Morton, a parenting journalist and mother of two preemie boys. There's a growing focus on mental health and well-being, both among healthcare officials and society in general. But sometimes we skip over the simple discussions that can play such a big role in helping ourselves, especially as parents of preemies, when it comes to understanding just what terms like anxiety and postpartum depression actually mean and how they might show up in ourselves and in our loved ones. To offer some helpful information and insight on this topic, we've invited Kasha Pitlick to the podcast. She's a social worker connected to the neonatal intensive care unit at Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto. Welcome. Hi. Oh, thank you for joining us. Like I said, I think, you know, one of those those first steps to this discussion often gets jumped over when people start talking about mental health. So I'm wondering if you could start with just breaking down some of those different challenges that you see and what, how we should be defining those things. Sure. So in, in our unit here at Mount Sinai, we're a level three nursery. So we will get some of the smallest and some of the sickest babies. Um, and because of that, the, the parents will be in our unit for quite a while uh, because their babies will be there. On average, um, a length of stay will probably be about three months. And so we do have the, I guess, not the privilege, but the gift of time, I could, you could say, in terms of seeing parents on their NICU journey with their children. And so um, the presentation of mental health changes as baby progresses through his or her journey. So I would say um, the beginning stages, really parents tend to be in a more of a survivor mode. For most parents, this has been a huge surprise that the baby is going to be born early. And the unit itself is very scary. And so there's a lot to kind of absorb. um, And and it's sometimes parents just don't have the capacity to absorb everything. And all they really kind of need to do is just wrap their head around the fact that their baby is, is here um, in the unit and um, that so far our baby is still alive. Um, so the first few days for most parents is really just survivor mode. And then as their baby stay progresses, um, and it, again, it kind of depends on how baby is doing. Uh, parents will always tell us they're having a good day when their baby's having a good day. And when their baby's not having a good day, they're not having a good day. Um, and so as time progresses and the journey um, takes its own course, parents then can start to really sit down and start to process what's going on. And at those stages, we see a lot of uh, sense of loss, the loss of the pregnancy, the loss of um, what they 
thought the delivery was going to be like. There's always a lot of equation to the Pampers commercials that it's rainbows and butterflies when baby is born. Um, so we do a lot of work around that. So there's that sense of loss. There's that sense of guilt that mom did something wrong. She feels that she did something wrong that caused the, the early delivery. That's not the case. <laughs> um, we have a huge unit. And if we knew what what caused prematurity, um, we would do something to try to prevent that. But um, so I would say those are the two biggies, particularly for mums, for dads and for mums, but particularly for dads, there's that sense of helplessness or, or the other partner um, that didn't deliver the baby. There's that sense of helplessness um, that they don't know what to do. They can't pump for the baby. Um, they can't even go into the room where the pump room is to, to wash the kit to help their partner out. And so there's, there's that sense of helplessness as well. And so I would say those are kind of the three biggies um, in terms of mental health and what, what parents kind of are going through as, as their baby um, progresses. Um, and then there's also the sense of anger, particularly if baby's not doing well. And so all those stages of grief as well that, that um, anyone would go through any sort of loss. Um, so I would say um, that's what we mainly see in the unit. And as a social worker, that's our role is to help parents kind of process that um, and, and not really get to, mostly just to get to a stage where they can function in the unit and be there for their baby. This is a really long stay for parents. And I think it's, it takes a really long time for them to reach a place where they've reached a sense of understanding of, of everything that has happened in the unit. And I think that that happens way after baby is actually discharged from the unit. Yes, I think it, it comes in, in different stages for different parents of, you know, a few months out, even a year or two out before you finally go, oh, that's what we experienced, right? It, it, it definitely yeah. is a, a long-term game for, for folks that are listening who are, you know, still in a unit or just home. Keep all these things back there in your head because things will come up again and that's okay. That's, that's how we process things. It, it's expected. It's happened to a lot of us. <laughs> I think it was really interesting to relate there that I think a lot of people have probably heard about the stages of grief and to put it in context mm. that you are probably going to go through all of those in terms of grieving the loss of an experience that you were expecting. So when you're helping parents in your unit, what are some of the the things that you say are some of the things that parents who might be listening who don't have, you know, the same supports available to them right now, what are some of the things we can be thinking of to, to make a little bit more sense of that process? I think mostly it's, it's trying to give parents back a sense of control and, and, and giving them a sense of purpose. Um, for many of our parents, they're first-time parents. So this is something that's, that's totally new. Not only are they adjusting to this really traumatic experience that they're going, going through, but they're also adjusting to the fact that they're now a parent. Um, and that impacts um, kind of their coping and, and how they get, they, they get through this experience as well. And so I think it's, it's bringing back some of that sense of control um, and, and letting parents feel like parents. So in our unit, um, we practice family integrated care here. And, and so we do try to get the parents involved as much as, as, as possible in the normal thing 
things. So changing baby's diaper, taking baby's temperature, uh, giving a baby a bath when it's time to do that. Those are all the mummy and, and daddy things that, that parents can do with their child. Um, and and their their child wants them. They don't want us. And so uh, I do think that that's one of like a really great way to to help parents kind of start to adjust and and kind of start to process everything that's 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 going on around them. Just getting a sense of of control and a sense of normalcy as well. I think it's so important, and it it has made such a difference for the units that are using family integrated care and trying to take that method of, yes, this, this is a clinical setting, but it's still a baby and a parent. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we try to get parents involved in in some of the clinical aspects as well. So in in um, medical rounds in the morning, we want parents, we encourage parents to be there, um, to hear what the medical team is saying, to hear the day-to-day plan for their baby and to actually meet the, the clinical team. It's such a huge team uh, with the with the physicians and the dietitians and the respiratory therapists and the pharmacists. Um, so I, I think that that also helps to see that it is a team, it, it, that they're, we're in this together and that they're not alone. For us, when we were in our unit, it, it always kind of, you know, new parents make that joke, you know, babies don't come with a manual. You don't know how to do all these things when you take baby home. And we're like, what? No, we've got a whole team of experts here telling us, <laughs> you know, helping us out. And, it, you know, trying to see the, that positive side of having all these people that you could talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also it's, it's the other families, the other parents in the unit as well um, that bring that sense of normalcy and, and, oh yeah, I'm feeling that too. Huh. Okay. Maybe I'm not so abnormal for feeling this way. Um, And so, so we try to, to bring it in that aspect of things as well of, of you're not alone in this experience. There are many other parents who are experiencing similar, similar things as you. And to that point, I think, Maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, those feelings and that sense of, you know, breaking down that barrier to make sure that people don't feel alone. Right. Yeah. And so how, I guess, what are your, your thoughts or your advice to a parent who's listening to this going, oh no, but no, I, what I'm feeling that no one else has had to go through this. I would really say re- reach out to others who have been through this experience because there may be someone out there, no matter how wacky or, or how out there your thoughts may be, someone might have be feeling something similar. And you won't know until you kind of um, kind of put feelers out there and find and find a safe space to start talking about those sorts of things so whether it's through the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation and the support groups there um, uh, reaching out on on there's there's a lot of Facebook groups that that are private groups that they can reach out to here at our hospital we do have the parent buddy program which is the peer-to-peer support program of matching veteran parents parents who've been through the the NICU experience and then now um, two or three years out of that experience matching them with current NICU families so there may be programs in in your communities as well um surprisingly there, there's a lot of people who've had premature babies so even in your friend group your 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 individual friend group, there may be someone who knows someone else who, who had a premature baby that they can connect you to. Um, 
because I really think that that talking about it and finding those those people and finding a safe space to 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 have an outlet to to talk about those feelings that you think that that may be very scary feelings that feelings that you may think that no one else is are having thoughts that no one else is having um I really truly think that there's someone else who may be having similar thoughts and it's just kind of uh, reaching out to those people and I think it's important for parents to remember that that goes for for both parents in this situation, I think we have so much focus on maternal mental health now, which is fantastic, but there's also a lot of supports out there for the partner in the situation as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we're seeing in our unit, um, and it's, it's for the partner and, and partners still typically in our unit is the father, the dad. We see more and more fathers being involved in their baby's care, which is amazing to see. Uh, we have more and more parent buddies who are dads who are being trained, also really amazing to see. Um, we do have the father's mental health uh, um, uh, division here at Mount Sinai as well. Um, and we're also seeing more and more dads uh, saying, yes, please refer me to that program because I do want to talk to someone. And so it's, it's, it's still not as far along as maybe I would hope to see that, that fathers being involved in, and um, really talking about their experiences with this. But I would say even over the course of, of when I first started in the unit, um, which was about six years ago, I, I can notice a difference between how many fathers are involved um, now versus then. That's fantastic. Are there certain, I don't know, I'm not sure if symptom is the right word, but certain mannerisms, certain thoughts, certain activities that we should be looking out for in each other in terms of making sure that everyone has the support they need? Mm -hmm. And I, I think actually that's, that's actually a really hard one. Because everyone has their own baseline, and, and it, it's hard uh, as a professional to know what your baseline would have been. So, um, and it's also hard to know what is, what is the normal kind of senses of, of, of grief and a normal reaction to having a baby in the unit versus now developing full-fledged postpartum depression, which is something also that, that we want to be careful of not to automatically label maybe some normal reactions and feelings to to experiencing a trauma and and versus oh i have postpartum depression and so so it is sometimes a little bit difficult to tease out the things to look at one of the things that might be a little bit concerning is well i guess i could say i always start describing um the difference between postpartum depression and normal reactions is that normal reactions to the unit is kind of up and down up and down one minute you're you're on a high because you get to meet your baby you get to see your baby and then next minute you're you're really low because there's all this uncertainty around your baby uh, but then you go you you know you get to snuggle with your baby and have a really great one-on-one -on -one session with your baby and now you're on a high again and so it's that up down up down up down feeling and I would say that that's a typical reaction to to being in the unit with your baby uh, absolutely Absolutely, you're going to feel scared and have anxiety and, and feel angry for this experience and feel hopeless, all those ranges of emotion. And, and I think when we start getting concerned a little bit is when you're not having those ranges of emotion, when you're having a really low mood all the time. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your baby's having a good day. It doesn't matter if you just had a great snuggle session with your baby. You're just really low and you're not experiencing those highs with your baby anymore. 
and that's and and if you're experiencing that for more than two weeks so everyone has a bad day everyone has a bad week you're okay you're allowed to have those you're allowed to to have i'm mad at the world right now and that's okay but i would say if that's going on for more than two weeks maybe there's something else going on and maybe those that's the starting of some postpartum depression or something beyond just typical reactions of, of having a trauma in the unit. Um, and so that's kind of what I look at for as a clinician is, are you still able to celebrate those milestones when they happen? Are you still able to take a time out with your partner and just enjoy each other um, in the midst of kind of this, this chaos? Are you able to have a good laugh? Um, and if you're, if, you're, if you're not, if you're on the other side of things, um, when you're just not, you're just kind of experiencing that really, really low mood or, or really high anxiety. Also, we talk about postpartum anxiety is, is huge as well. When you're just not able to kind of come down and, and take a breather, then that's when we say, okay, maybe there's something else going on. And, and I would say, even as friends and family, you, you know the, those people better than, than we would as clinicians. So you know what their baseline is and, and you might even be able to pick up on it a little bit sooner than maybe the clinicians here at the hospital. Great. And I think that that probably stays true after discharge as well, right? When you're, when you're home, it's that same, it's still typical to have those ups and downs, but if you get stuck in the down for a long time, that's when you need to start looking at what's happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and again, it's, it's not jumping immediately to say, Oh, I'm still having these moods. I must, there's must be something wrong. Like allow yourself that transition transition home from the hospital. is huge too. Um, and so allow a little bit of time for that adjustment period. But again, you, you know yourself and you know, if it's two months out and you're still having these kind of really strong emotions that that and and a lot of things that you're not being able to process then then yes maybe it's time to kind of look in and getting support um outside of the home we're coming to the the end of this episode so i'm wondering what thoughts you want to leave everyone with in terms of this discussion there there are a few different ones but i think mostly to let yourself uh, feel those highs and lows. If you deny yourself feeling some of the lows that come with this experience, I think it's a little bit harder than once you're home to start to process everything that's happened here. Um, so allow yourself that space to just have your highs and lows, uh, but also celebrate some of the really wonderful things that has happened through this experience as well and, and reflect on the ways that, that you've this experience has changed you and, and how you can incorporate that into your life story moving forward. So um, I think that's, that's one of the things. And then also reaching out to other people and, and uh, finding your, your tribe, your network. And it doesn't have to be a huge group. It can even just be one person, one person that you trust um, to kind of uh, start to start to process all of this. Cause it is a lot um, and, and I think sometimes people think by acknowledging how much, how tra traumatic it can be, they're not coping well. Sometimes that's, that's kind of a weird, a weird thing that, that sometimes um, gets into people's psyche. But I don't think, I think it's actually a sign of strength to talk about it and, and to acknowledge some of the, the difficulties that you've had with this experience. I think that's such a, a powerful thought for people to keep is, yes, when you, when you go through this, you realize how strong you are, even if you don't feel strong in the moment, 
eventually you will look back and see what strength was there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Jenna. Kasha Pitlick is a social worker connected to the neonatal intensive care unit at Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto. With You in the NICU is created to keep pumping mothers and others company in and out of the NICU. It is produced for the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by Jenna Morton and Tosh Taylor. Financial assistance is provided through education grants from presenting sponsor Medela with support from AbbVie and Prolacta. You can learn more about the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by following them on Facebook or online at cpbf-fbpc.org.